Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 115. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about a leader's influence and the air you breathe. In 2010, I had the privilege of traveling to China for 10 days on an education tour. And one morning in Beijing, I headed outside the hotel before breakfast for a quick run. Later, as I showered and dressed, I began to feel sick. I thought perhaps I was catching a cold or was just suffering from jet lag. Over the next few days, we visited Tiananmen Square, the Forbidden City, and the Great Wall before heading to another city. And as we traveled throughout Beijing, I noticed the skies were never blue. But on our trips outside the city, the skies cleared. When I mentioned this observation to our tour guide, he told us it had been an especially cloudy season that summer in the city. But when we left Beijing a few days later, the skies cleared again. I'm sure you've heard of China's problems with smog and pollution. And I soon realized why I was feeling sick when I would go for a run. When is the last time that you thought about the air that you're breathing? And I'm not just talking about the physical oxygen that you intake, but the emotional, cultural, and relational atmospheres that surround you. Even more important, what kind of atmosphere are you creating for those whom you're leading? Because every single day, you create an environment for others. Are you helping that to be a clean, healthy intake? Or is your influence sometimes creating a place of cultural pollution? Now, these are important questions to grapple with as leaders. And as I've continued the series on reflections for education leaders, I want to talk today about your influence. The cultural significance that you have within your school is powerful. Spend time in any organization or with any team or in any school, and you will soon get a sense of the feel of positivity or negativity that's happening there. And research supports this. In 2011, the Wallace Foundation, along with the National Association of Elementary School Principals and the National Association of Secondary School Principals, shared research showing how principal leadership ranks second only to the quality of teachers in significantly affecting school outcomes. And I'll link to that research in my show notes. But according to the findings, principals influence schools in five specific ways. One, shaping a vision of academic success for all students based on high standards. Two, creating a climate hospitable to education in order that safety a cooperative spirit and other foundations of fruitful interaction prevail. Three, cultivating leadership in others so that teachers and other adults assume their part in realizing a school vision. Four, improving instruction to enable teachers to teach at their best and students to learn at their utmost. And five, managing people, data, and processes to foster school improvement. So your influence matters. And in light of research and practices about good school leadership. This week, I want to suggest five ways that you can examine the kind of influence that you're having, the kind of air that you are providing for others to breathe in your school. So how's your influence? Think about these five areas. Number one, are you being a mentor? I'll never forget my first assignment as an assistant principal. The first day of school, we encountered a student in possession of drugs on campus. And my partner, assistant principal at the time, Lydia Wilson, was not only a great 
instructional leader, but she modeled for me how to interact with students and parents, how to conduct a lawful search, how to correctly document meetings, how to appropriately follow through with disciplinary action, how to create educational supports. And although I had had lots of training prior to stepping into school leadership, Lydia's mentorship gave me the confidence to manage future situations on my own. And over the years, just like you, I've I've had great mentors and supervising principals and superintendents, but I also had mentors years before stepping into school leadership, my college professors, my internship supervisors, my veteran teacher colleagues who would coach me through observations or over lunches or just be available when I had questions. Principals who helped me navigate how to manage difficult situations and build partnerships with parents. And hopefully you've had similar experiences. So think about this. How are you now mentoring others? I like to think about paying forward the debt of gratitude that I owe to my mentors by being a mentor. And you have that same privilege. Whether you're working with teachers or fellow admins or students, you are now a model and you can reflect with those around you on best practices. Just this past week, I had a first-year assistant principal, Chris Berg from South Bend, Indiana, who reached out to me by Twitter and said, quote, Principal Matters podcast has meant so much to me this year. I feel like I've had my own personal mentor. And I couldn't have been more encouraged. Thank you, Chris, for that shout out. But as you're learning and passing along lessons to others around you, you are creating healthy mental and emotional air for others to breathe. So make the choice to see your relationships in the sense that you are a mentor. Educators can feel so isolated in their roles, whether in classrooms or in leadership. And if you're simply managing and organizing and facilitating the functions of school, you may be missing out on an opportunity to help others grow in the process. So mentoring is one way to keep your influence strong in helping others share the lessons you're learning. Number one, be a mentor. Number two, how's your servant leadership? Face it, if you took the position of school leader for an easier job, you've already figured out that you made the wrong choice. But If your goal was to provide a better learning environment for students and teachers, then you know the importance of getting your hands dirty, sometimes literally. You're not just building schedules, providing resources, or scheduling observations. Sometimes you're doing things like picking up after others, or painting walls, or mopping spills, or weeding flower beds, whatever is required to provide your school with the best environment that you would want for your own children. Now, being a servant leader doesn't mean that you give up your responsibilities to do someone else's, but it does mean that you're willing to pitch in when necessary and to model for others what you expect from them. Sometimes you step in so that others see that you're willing to perform the task that you're asking them to perform or manage. Let me give you an example. Superintendent Rick Thomas began his position in my last district as a servant leader. His very first day at work, he did not show up in a suit and tie. Instead, he wore work clothes and brought a weed eater with him. Because the year before, the former superintendent had been indicted for embezzling school funds, and it was a challenging time when our community had lost its trust in our district's leadership. And in the process, many areas had been neglected, including groundwork on some of our campuses. So Rick Thomas showed up knowing it was necessary to address needs. And when he began trimming and beautifying campuses that first day, the parents and teachers and staff throughout the district saw him, took photos, placed it on social media, not because that's what he wanted, but He had already set an example and set a tone for his first year, and he set a tone for the rest of us. Everyone was expected to do whatever it took to serve students, and he set that example by being a servant leader. 
So number two, be a servant leader. Number three, how's your leadership? Now, I know it may seem like a no-brainer, but sometimes leaders need to be reminded to lead. In fact, I once heard an experienced leader say, whenever I'm unsure of a decision I need to make in a hard situation, I ask myself, what would a great leader do in this situation? Leadership is a lonely place, and you are faced with difficult options and scenarios, and you're asked to make bold and courageous choices. One of my earliest principles told me to always keep in mind these three words. Be fair, firm, and consistent. And in his national bestseller, Good to Great, Jim Collins describes the most successful companies in America. And one compelling similarity among them all was strong leadership. Not the kind you see in flashy politicians or celebrities, but consistent, hardworking, calculated, focused leadership that moves entire organizations forward. So being decisive means that you think how your decisions affect others with justice and equity. It means reaching out to trusted colleagues when you need wise feedback. It means taking action and being consistent with your decisions so others have stability and support in their work. And you've probably heard that leadership is like pulling a rope. You cannot move a rope by pushing it. You move it most easily by pulling it along with you. And when you're responsible for others, you have to learn to lead them with confident guidance. You are much more effective if you go first and bring others along with you rather than telling them or pushing them along towards setting goals. So as you consider your influence, ask yourself the question, am I being a leader? Because your school needs a strong leader. Number four, be a teacher. Good leaders use every opportunity to teach others helpful lessons in their growth. And whether you're meeting with a student about attendance or managing a parent conference or strategizing with an office team, how can you take advantage of every moment to convey helpful knowledge? You are an instructional leader. So how are you modeling the kind of right brain and left brain approaches that you want your teachers to use with students? Take advantage of visiting classrooms to communicate goals with students, and don't be afraid to model some of those lessons. Run your professional development meetings or faculty meetings like you would want to run a great classroom. And even as you manage accountability with others, ask yourself the question, how can these moments be teachable ones? Now, this also means you don't avoid crucial conversations or confronting the brutal facts at your school but when you do so, you do so with the kind of care and concern that you would want a great teacher using with his or her students. You know, over the years as a high school principal, I would frequently talk to students about their interests and pursuits, sometimes even in disciplinary situations and often just in passing with students. Sometimes I could give them lessons or ideas of how to maximize their skills or gifts. Just a few months ago, one of my former students named Lily Cummings reached out to our school, my former school now, by Facebook. And in the message of thanks to her former teachers, she included this note to me that said, to Mr. Parker, whom I consider myself so lucky to have had as a principal, he kept the school spirit alive and always encouraged me to start a blog and do more. He even accompanied me by playing a piano as I sang at senior assembly. Little notes like that remind me and you that we can never overestimate the impact of influence that we have on others by making every moment a teachable moment. So, are you being a teacher? Number five, how's your platform building? Now, the last suggestion that I want to make is that you increase your positive influence by examining how are you sharing your ideas and your lessons beyond just your immediate influence? How are you passing along the lessons and the takeaways and the golden nuggets of your leadership to a wider audience? 
you know, five years ago when I began blogging about my experiences in school admin, at first it was in response to a lot of questions I was receiving from aspiring or new principals. And later I began to realize that social media, blogging, and podcasting were platforms for my school. It was also a powerful platform for me to extend my influence beyond just my building. And often when I have an idea that I want to communicate, I can find that outlet immediately through blogging or podcasting. Now, I'm not suggesting that you use the same platforms as mine to positively influence others, although I would think that would be cool if you did. But I'm suggesting that you find mediums that work for you for communicating your expertise and experience to others. Others deserve to know and learn from your experiences. And frankly, you cannot afford to be selfish with your knowledge. We are always stronger collectively than individually. So whether you start writing articles for your school newsletter or speaking at graduate classes or presenting at conferences or starting your own YouTube channel or holding meetings for area educator leaders, think of ways that you can be a voice of experience and reflection for others in your profession there at home and beyond. Don't keep your influence limited to just your immediate audience. Build platforms for sharing your ideas so that many others can benefit from the lessons you're learning. So lesson five, how's your platform building? So let's wrap this up. Author and motivational speaker John Gordon has a term for people who negatively influence others. He calls them energy vampires. And you know what I'm talking about. Every school or team has someone they've worked with who can suck the positivity out of a conversation or a meeting. When is the last time that you ask yourself, how are you affecting the emotional or cultural air that others breathe? Are you being an energy builder or an energy vampire? And as you lead your school, keep in mind the power of your influence and make it a goal to help others breathe easier by your mentoring, your serving, your leading, your teaching, and even your platform building. So now it's your turn. What kind of air are you creating for others to breathe? What kind of atmosphere are your teachers and students and others encountering when they enter your building? What is one way that you can positively influence the people around you today? You know that school leadership is a calling, not just a career, and your ability to lead depends greatly on your ability to see the power of your influence. Because the way you lead influences whether those around you are breathing healthy or toxic emotional oxygen. Well, that's it for this week. If you found this resource helpful, please pass it along to others. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out my post at williamdparker.com. If you'd like to see my books, Principal Matters or Messaging Matters, you can check them out there or at amazon.com. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, my Twitter account is at williamdp. My Instagram handle is at william underscore d underscore parker, or you can reach out to me by email anytime at will at williamdparker.com. Until next time, thanks for reflecting with me on your own leadership. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great week and thanks for doing what matters. Mm-hmm.